0: You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
1: You are slaves of sin, every one of you. It wasn't just me that said it, Jesus said it. You're slaves of sin, every one of you, and slaves don't have rights, but the Son has every right there is. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free. Indeed, Jesus is the only one with the power to free us, with the freedom that we crave, that we thirst for, that we need. the
0: Who can save you from your sin? Only one. Jesus. You might not be comfortable admitting it, but the truth is, everyone is a sinner. Everyone falls short of the kingdom of God. Today, Pastor Dion makes that point clear, but he also offers us hope. Jesus was sent to remove that sin and offer a path to righteousness. Only He can make that promise and give us freedom from sin. Once you admit your sins to God and accept Him as your Savior, you can receive His salvation and the freedom that's given to all who believe. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Matthew chapter 4 as he begins his message, Fishermen.
1: Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. I am going to be reading out of at least three of the four Gospels. We're going to be talking about encounters. That's what we've been talking about. Jesus encountering different people during his ministry. And we're going to continue that particular topic. Let's start with a prayer. Father, you are an awesome and wonderful dad to us. You take care of us so wonderfully. And we just want to say thanks. And we ask you that as we gather together around your word, that you'd speak to our hearts, that you'd encourage us, and that you'd construct us, that you'd make us and build us to be the men and the women that we need to be for such a time as this. Lord, I pray that you just leave your fingerprints all over us. In Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. Well, I know most of you have been watching the news and they've been talking about the world has a systemic problem. And guys, I'll agree to that. The world does have a systemic problem. But it's not racism, and it's not government overreach, and it's not political corruption, and it's not economic inequality. Those are not the systemic problems that we have. The systemic problem we have is this. Everybody say it out loud. It's what? Satan and sin nature. That's what it is. Say, that's a systemic problem that we've got. Look at your neighbor and say, You've got it. Look, look at your neighbor. It's the systemic problem that we have across the board, which is Satan and our own sin nature. In fact, since the day Satan hijacked this planet from Adam and Eve, man has been enslaved to sin and to Satan. Everyone, regardless of race or color or ethnicity, is born under the iron fist of sin and Satan, who Jesus said only agenda was to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So every single one of us across the board, everyone born, has a systemic problem, and it is Satan and sin. He rules with an iron fist over our lives, and he says jump, and all of us just do it. That's the way we lived our life. And because of Satan and sin and this systemic problem, there's an inward hostility and anxiety. There's an inward craving and longing for freedom, for happiness, for love, for unity, for peace. Because Satan has been ruling so iron-fisted over the world and over life, there's a longing inside of every individual for freedom. To be free, to be happy, to have love and peace and unity. I mean, and man has basically attempted to find freedom in a variety of places. We've tried to find freedom in religion, in relationships, in goods. We've tried to find freedom in government, in in some in riots and reform. But guys, true freedom and peace can only be found in Jesus Christ Christ. That's the only place we can have and find true freedom and peace. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8 and verse 34. I want you to read the verse with me. Here's what it says. Jesus replied, you are slaves of sin, every one of you. It wasn't just me that said it. Jesus said it. You're slaves of sin, every one of you, and slaves don't have rights, but the Son has every right there is. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is the only one with the power to free us, with the freedom that we crave, that we thirst for, that we need. And you know, Jesus, the Son of God, came to bring us the freedom that we long for and that we crave. The freedom from fear, freedom from worry, freedom from hate, freedom from unforgiveness, freedom from sin, freedom from Satan. Jesus came to bring us that freedom. And not only did he just step out of heaven and come to this earth generally, but he came as one of us and he walked among us slowly through the crowd. And he did this. He just didn't step into the world, but he stepped into our lives individually. Look at your neighbor and say, that is so cool. We call them this. This is in the New Testament. We call them what? Encounters. So Jesus, when he came, the freedom bringer, he didn't just come and generally come into the world, but he came as one of us and he stepped into individual lives to bring this freedom and this peace. In fact, we've been highlighting over the course of the past few weeks encounters that Jesus had with individuals, lives that he kind of stepped into. Like the encounter that Jesus had with a Pharisee. His name was Nicodemus. And he was a very religious man. Nicodemus had been trying to find peace and freedom in religion. But Jesus told Nicodemus, "Nick, rules, rituals, and traditions won't bring you freedom or peace. I'm the religion you need. That's what he told him. I'm what you're looking for. You're trying to find it somewhere else, but he told Nicodemus, I'm the religion that you need. One of the other encounters Jesus had was with a woman at the well. You know, she had been discarded, divorced by five men, and the sixth man, the man she was with, refused to marry her. And Jesus stepped into her life, an individual encounter, And Jesus said to her, I'm the relationship that you need. No man will ever give you the significance or the security that I can offer. Isn't that awesome to think? Jesus stepped into their uniqueness, to their individual lives. Then we read about an encounter that Jesus had with a nobleman who had a dying child. And Jesus said to him, I'm the promise that you need. No one's word will carry the guarantees that mine does. He said, go your way, your son lives. And guess what? His son, everybody said, they did what? He lived. See, guys, all Jesus' promises are this. Say it out loud, are what? Yes and amen. Isn't that cool, guys? He stepped into these individual lives. He is everything that they could possibly need. I like God in the Old Testament when he encountered individuals. He introduced himself to Abraham as the Almighty. He introduced himself when Moses said, Who shall I say sent me? He said, I am the Almighty. Meaning the all sufficient. I am everything you need in one package. And that's what Jesus was stepping into individuals' lives at their specific needs and saying, I am everything you need. Last week we read about an encounter that Jesus had with a demonized man at church. Because, you know, not everybody in church is a saint, right? He encountered a demonized man at church and he looked at the man and said, I'm the freedom that you need. Guys, listen, rehab can make you a better you, but the world doesn't need a better you. It needs a new you. You don't need a better you. You need a new you. Can you say it? And that's what Jesus does. He won't just make you better. He makes you new. Yeah. I like that. Look at your neighbor and say, he makes me new. Well, the next encounter that we're going to go through today, Jesus announces that He is the leader that we need. He's the model and the mentor that we need. So are you ready? Let's read it. Matthew chapter 4, starting with verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, everybody said out loud, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called to them, and immediately they left the boat, and their father and followed him. So here's the next encounter. Bunch of fishermen at a lake. Guys, listen, everyone marches to some drum, everyone marches to some ideology or agenda. Politics, patriotism, revolution, equality, money, success, tradition, self. Everybody said what? Self. We all, you know, march to one particular drummer or another. As Bob Dylan used to sing, right or wrong, you're serving somebody, right? And if the person you're serving isn't the Lord, it's an inferior leader with a superficial cause. I'm going to say it again. Everybody's serving somebody. We're all marching to one drummer or another. The point is, if it's not the Lord, then guys, it, you know it's an inferior leader and a superficial cause. You know, when Jesus called Matthew the tax collector, he told Matthew, "Rome can fill your pockets, but not your heart, Matthew. Come and follow me." When Jesus called Simon the zealot, he told Simon, "Protest can fill your cause." but they can't fill you with peace. Follow me. And then when Jesus came over to Peter and James and John, he told them, he said, hey, listen, guys, fishing for fish is a good living, but fishing for men is the greatest legacy. Follow me, he said. It's kind of like the story of a young executive who was Cruising down the street in his brand new Jaguar. All of a sudden, a brick sailed from the sidewalk and hit his quarter panel. He slammed on the brakes, put it in reverse, and backed up and grabbed the kid that was responsible. He slammed the kid against the car. I'm sorry, the youngster pleaded. I didn't know what else to do. Tears were dripping down to his chin. He said no one would stop. And then he pointed around the man's car. It's my brother, mister. He rolled off the curb and fell off of his wheelchair. And I can't lift him up. He's too heavy for me. The mood changed with that executive. Jesus was chucking a brick and asking the fisherman, Help! Help me with something. Help me to help people. Get your neighbor and say he's calling for you. These four fishermen reflect us in many ways. They were just trying to survive. They were a squirrel trying to get a nut. Just like you and I, running 100 miles an hour, fast and furious. We've got 100 a, a things to do, a million things to do. We're raising families. We're trying to you know pay our bills and keep our mortgage and, and, and do all of those things and, and have a life. Well, when Jesus stepped into the lives of these fishermen, He offered them an opportunity to do something wonderful, something bigger than just themselves. In fact, I want to tease this encounter out a little bit. Let's investigate this encounter that Jesus had with these fishermen a little further. Because the passage we read was not the first time that Jesus had encountered and called these guys. Are you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, fasten your seatbelt. Let's look at it. All right, so Peter and Andrew were brothers. Everybody say it. What are they? And James and John were brothers. And all four of them were fishermen from Galilee. In fact, they were on the same fishing team. So here are two sets of brothers They are on the same fishing team, and they fish at Galilee. They're from Galilee. Now, guys, the people who lived in and around Galilee were uneducated. They were unsophisticated people. They were simple people. Some people might even call the the Galileans rednecks or hillbillies, if you would. You know, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. And that was the women, you know, of Galilee. You know, the guys wore overalls without a shirt. You know, they donned toothless smiles and answered to the name Bubba. You know, they live in the sticks. They drive F-150 pickups with a 30-odd 6 You know the kind of guys. Well, Andrew, who was Peter's brother, heard about a fiery preacher who was named John the Baptist. Now, this was before Jesus even stepped on the scene in ministry. Peter, James, John, and Andrew were out there fishermen. They had heard about the forerunner to the Christ, John the Baptist, and his preaching. So Andrew actually went out to hear John the Baptist preach. Andrew was impressed. And he went back and invited John, who was one of his buddies, the other fishing partner, to go with him. They were probably about the same age. Peter was older. James was older. So, Andrew invites John. You ought to come and hear this guy that's preaching over there. His name is John the Baptist. You heard about him. Let's go listen to him. I was really intrigued and and touched by his preaching. So, both Andrew and John go over there and they listen to John the Baptist the next day. Andrew and John ended up becoming followers of John the Baptist, part time disciples. Look at your neighbor and say, part time disciples. So they had been going, see, their job, they work at night. Fishing happened on the graveyard shift. So they would go out at night. In the morning, they'd put out their nets, dry them, untangle them, lay them out. And after that was done, they would take off to go listen to John the Baptist. And so, you know, they'd get back, maybe sleep a couple of hours, whatever, and then go out on the boat again. And so that's what they were doing. They were part-time disciples. Well, one day when Andrew and John were with John the Baptist, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards them. And John, the, they heard, Andrew and John heard the John the Baptist say, Looky here, looky here, good things are finally coming our way. No, no, that's not what he said. Here's what he said read it with me. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So listen. When Andrew and John are with John the Baptist as part-time disciples, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, and he pointed him out, and he said, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then John said something else. He must increase, and I must decrease. So he looked at his disciples, and he said, I want you to begin following Jesus. He must increase, and I must decrease. Well, John and Andrew were disciples of John the Baptist, and so they went ahead, and they began following Jesus a little reluctantly. Actually, they followed Jesus from a distance. But Jesus doesn't want distant followers. Say it out loud. Jesus doesn't want distant followers. So when Jesus saw them, He invited them to come and hang out with him. Listen, guys. In fact, John's gospel gives us the details. Let's read it. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. That's Andrew and John. Then Jesus turned, but they're following from a distance. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? So here, Andrew and John, they're following Jesus, you know, because John the Baptist told them to, but they're not really connecting. They're not really engaged. They're just kind of checking it out. And Jesus finally turns around and says, Hey, what are you guys looking for? Here's what he says. What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th hour. So they stayed with them all the way till about four o'clock in the afternoon because I got to head back and get to work. But they spend the day with Jesus. So. Here's the fact. They're following Jesus from a distance, and Jesus says, hey, let's close this gap. I love those. Jesus doesn't want you following from a distance. He wants to close the gap. So Jesus invited them to hang out with him, and Jesus spent individual time with Andrew and John. You see, Jesus likes to give us a closer look of himself. He wants us to take the time to get to know him. To be impressed and impacted by His person. To understand, to recognize His love and His selflessness, His patience, and that He's personable and that He's perfect. So Jesus, you know, doesn't want these followers from a distance. He wants to pull them close. He wants to impress them with Himself, with who He is. He wants you to get a closer look of Him. He wants you to get connected. Now, after spending the day with Jesus, there was no doubt in these two guys' minds. Both Andrew and John recognized Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God. Everybody said, as the what? There was no doubt. Guys, I will tell you, a few minutes with Jesus is enough to convince anyone that he is the Savior and the Messiah. It really is. I mean, think about Nicodemus, that encounter he had with Jesus. It was brief. It was, it was one conversation. By the end of the conversation, Nicodemus knows without a doubt, Jesus is the Son of God. There's the woman at the well. That conversation maybe was 15 minutes. At the end of the conversation, the woman knew that Jesus was the Son of God, right? He even announced it to her. The nobleman, it was even more brief than that. One word, go your way, your son lives. And he knew, he just knew it was a faith, a knowing. He walked away, just a few minutes with Jesus can change your whole outlook, can change you. Look at your neighbor and say, can change you. Well, Andrew and John just spent that afternoon with Jesus and they believed and they reacted exactly like all the others before them did. They praised and they promoted Jesus. Everybody say it out loud, they what? Praised and promoted Jesus. Did you know that that's one of the evidences of belief? Huh? One of the evidences of belief is that you praise and you promote. You've been
0: listening to Pastor Dion Cordova right here on The Simple Truth. In this series entitled Encounters with Jesus, Pastor Dion has been exploring the various ways that people interacted with Jesus as a person. They got to see him heal people, teach crowds, and confront demons. It's such an array of situations they encountered next to the Son of Man and Son of God, As you listen to these teachings, our hope is that you've been refreshed by something you've heard, realizing and appreciating things about Jesus in a new way. If there's something specific that stood out to you, would you let us know? You can call us at 505-753-4363. Once again, that number is 505-753-4363. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting our listeners. The Simple Truth is a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. If you're in the area, stop in and see us. We're here at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're excited to meet you and have you come join us for worship. You can find all the information you need at tmcalvary.com. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. If you'd like to hear additional messages from this series, you can do so by going to tmcalvary.com and looking for the media tab. Thanks so much for listening today and engaging with the one true God. We'll be back again next time with more from The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us try our hands and together we stand.